Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at TheFlexNetwork1. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to talk about our favorite waiver wire targets for week three. Listen, okay, so we're going to break it down by position. We're going to have the sheet that all of our members can find through the Discord and have it posted there for everybody. But I like to add a little bit more color because when you just get a list of players, sometimes you don't, you don't quite understand the context of what we're lo- really looking at. And so I would say going into this week, except for maybe Superflex Leagues, which we'll touch on when we get to the quarterback position, there isn't any major completely just bury the bankroll of your fab budget to go and pick up any of these players. So we're going to start off with the running back position because there are a fair number of names that are at least worth talking about and discussing at this stage, but uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about Raheem Mostert of the Miami Dolphins. So last week, Chase Edmonds established himself as a top running back. And then this week kind of put up a dud. And that was because Raheem Mostert, who's only rostered in 39% of leagues, had a majority snap share. So he had 55% of snaps. And in general, this game, I mean, for those of you who watched it, the, the Dolphins came back and beat the Baltimore Ravens. It was just, it was absolutely, honestly, wondrous thing. And and frankly, I mean, Tua's starting to shut up the doubters. I, I don't know, man. Like, Tua Non, come, come at me and tell me, like, are, do you guys believe? Is this guy, is this guy for real? I He's starting to look like it, but having Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill play around him, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. So I'm recommending Raheem Mostert as a six percent bid, right? So this is my top running back waiver wire ad this week, and it's not even that sexy. Okay. Um, the reason being is that it's gonna be a timeshare on a weekly basis, but you can clearly see that this offense is something to be reckoned with, and we just want to get a piece of that offense. Now, my second waiver wire target is Darrell Williams of the Arizona Cardinals. He's rostered in 10% of leagues. Now, I'm suggesting a 2% fab but a bid on Darrell Williams. The thing is here is that Connor, James Connor, did have the ankle, ankle injury, which made him exit yesterday's game. Now, the good news today is that the injury isn't expected to be long-lasting. Um, as a whole, Darrell Williams had 46% of the snap share. He had eight attempts and only three targets. Okay, yes, I get it. It didn't really blow your mind. But when you compare him to Eno Benjamin, Eno Benjamin, who I do have on the list right below him, kind of a non-factor. But if James Conner is going to miss any time, then it will probably probably divulge into a bit of a timeshare. But I'm picking up Darrell Williams simply because push came to shove. He did get more usage than Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin I have there. He's rostered in 16% of leagues. He was thought to be more of the traditional handcuff. But again, it's all about the usage and... You know, Benjamin didn't really impress yesterday. 2% fab budget. We're not we're not going to blow our budgets here. Uh, next player, I'm going to have this guy on every single week until there's a potential David Montgomery injury. And that's Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears. So he is rostered in 50% of leagues, so half the leagues. But that means half the leagues he's not rostered. Now, in week one, he was significantly more uh, higher used. He was only played in 20% of snaps, and he only had four attempts and one target this week but again when we see Khalil Herbert playing the game he looks good with the ball in his hands and on a given week are you going to be confident starting him as long as David Montgomery is healthy no of course not but listen we've started to see it now these injuries are already starting to pile up with players of various positions being knocked out for weeks if not the entire season and 
the running back position is the highest, let's call it yield, if you can get this guy. So, you know, deeper leagues, if, if you're in a 10-team league and you only have five bench spots, you're not going to be picking up Khalil Herbert. But if you're in a 12-person league, six, seven bench spots, Khalil Herbert is worth stashing on your bench. Dontrell Hilliard. Okay, so he didn't play in week two. And this is kind of a good thing. It might be He might be a sneaky ad. So I'm recording this on Monday night as we speak. And the uh, the Bills and Titans are playing. So obviously we don't know if there's going to be any, main, any major injuries at the time of this recording. But because Dontrell Hilliard didn't play, he could be out of sight, out of mind. And he is rostered in only 29% of leagues. I'm suggesting about 3% of your fab budget on this guy. And... Um, Listen, he's going to be the passing down back in that Titans offense, and there's value to that in PPR league. So Dontrell Hilliard, a guy worth taking a, a shot on. Jalen Warren of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's rostered in only 29% of leagues, and I'm suggesting about a 1%, you know, a buck is what you're going to want to be bidding on this guy. Jalen Warren is a pure handcuff play. We've seen it for two weeks now. Najee Harris gets the vast majority north of 85 to 90 percent of the of the market share of the tar, uh opportunity share in that Steelers backfield but man high usage could yield potential injury i don't want to expect you know listen i hate saying i hate it i hate throwing it out there but you got to be aware of these things it's fantasy football jalen warren high upside cuff jarek mckinnon of the kansas city chiefs only owned in 11% of leagues. He's going to be touchdown dependent. He's also going to be a little bit game flow dependent. But if you want to get a piece of that offense in deeper leagues, I don't hate going after Jake McKinnon. And if you, you you just can't, you can't do it, then Isaiah Pacheco is a guy. Somebody we probably should have brought up on last week's show. But the thing about Pacheco, he is owned in 41% of leagues because he was he was electric in the offseason. He just he was he was amazing. And in week one where we saw what his use was going to be. He's going to be the closer, and he is quite the closer. So I would say that it's going to be game script dependent, but where the Chiefs are big favorites, Isaiah Pacheco could have some sneaky usage. Um, and obviously, Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes down who, listen, he kind of looks good this year. I don't know what to tell you. Clyde Edwards-Alaire seems to be, I don't know, a bit of a renaissance coming back. Uh, but Isaiah Pacheco, he is a decent pick up if uh, you want to have somebody a high upside um, player on your bench. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. Now, he is one of my favorite pickups this week, and that's Greg Dortch of the Arizona Cardinals. So hopefully you guys rostered him last week when we suggested him. Um, I know our guy, Mike, who was on the show last week, he has him in uh, in one of the deep leagues, the Scott Fishbowl League, and he rocked him this week, and he had an outstanding week. In, in the fishbowl. So Dorch is still only Austin 14% of leagues. And look, I get it. Okay. Um, he's playing for the injured Rondell Moore who could miss a total of four to five weeks. So that's, that's potentially another month, but in week one, he played 91% of snaps and he played 71% in week two. The CDC did save his day this week, but he did go four for four. So AJ green, he's dust. AJ green played 95% of snaps, but only got two of seven targets. And uh, Greg Dorch is agile as shit, man. He's going to be playing that slot role. He's got a 79th agility score. So lock it up. Greg Dorch is going to be a good player that I think he'll be pretty happy rostering. Okay, moving on. Now, I have to throw this player out there because he's been injured and he's only now rostered in 51% of leagues because, because injuries already happened. But 
Michael Gallup of the Dallas Cowboys is still available in 49% of leagues. And I would recommend, I mean, he's he's got the potential of playing this week. And I understand Cooper Rush was okay. I mean, the Cowboys obviously snuck out the win last week. But Michael Gallup is going to be a massive addition to this offense if he gets back uh, next week. Or if, even if he doesn't, if he's not back this week, there's probably a good chance he'll be, be back by week four. So the carrying cost isn't too bad. And uh, look, if you can fit him on your bench and understand that he may not play this week, Michael Gallup's an, an amazing upside play. I, I'm saying bid up to 10% if Michael Gallup's still available because he really is a game changer. And as a wide receiver, too, in that Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott, injury wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be last week. So he could be back in a couple weeks as well. So I don't know, man. It's just you're going for that upside. Michael Gallup, when you compare the other wide receivers, wide receivers that are probably in a waiver wire right now, he probably has the most upside potential that I could see of any of these players. So definitely go out and take a shot on Michael Gallup. Uh, moving on, one of my guys, Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots. Myers is only rostered in 40% of leagues. Now I will say, Myers is definitely more of a PPR play, but he's a very safe uh, wide receiver three in PPR leagues. So uh, in week one, he had 88% of snap share. He went four for six for 55 yards. And then in week two, he had 82% snap share. He went nine for 13 for 95 yards, which was a 37% target share in that offense. Every single year we see it. He's Mac Jones' favorite target, and he's going to continue to get peppered with targets. Now, obviously, the whole issue is that he doesn't score freaking touchdowns. I get it. I get it. But when you're going nine for 95 yards, that's 18 and a half points in your standard PPR leagues. Like that's that is a solid wide receiver uh, two ups, and and you're getting him basically for free. I mean, he's not even rostered in most of these leagues. So as a flex player, as a wide receiver three in a PPR league, I love 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 jacoby myers week in week out as a pretty safe floor type player uh next i have joshua palmer who's watched in only 41 percent of leagues despite the fact that keenan allen missed last week and we don't think his injury is going to be multiple multiple weeks but we saw that <clears throat> palmer was a target for for i guess the now injured justin herbert um, but week one, of, he saw 75% of snaps. That went all the way up to 91% in week two. He went four for eight for 30 yards and the touchdown at the very end of the game. Now, honestly, Justin Herbert's just an absolute monster. He hit him on the seam route, and then he hit him again for the touchdown um, to, to get them within it. Uh, I believe it was within a score of the Chiefs at the time. But uh, look, Josh Palmer, I've personally never been a big Josh Palmer Stan, and you know, like out on Twitter, he's got his hive out there, but um, he's certainly a player that, especially if Keenan Allen's going to miss time. Now, I still don't have the news on Justin Herbert. It's fractured ribs. We don't know how much time he's going to miss if he's going to miss any time. Um, if it's not Justin Herbert playing, then you might want to reconsider Joshua Palmer, but the wide receiver, too, in a prolific, off prolific offense, he's a guy you want to roster. Noah Brown of the Dallas Cowboys once again. Now, he's only rostered in 4% of leagues. I would recommend maybe 3% of my fab budget, but listen, we knew somebody was going to have to step up in the absence of a wide receiver, a viable wide receiver two on that team, and it wasn't Jalen Tolbert. We thought it was going to be Jalen Tolbert. It wasn't. He was a healthy scratch in week one. This week, he wasn't a scratch, but he didn't really do much. Noah Brown was a clear wide receiver too. He, in week two, he had an 85% snap share. He went 5 for 5 for 91 yards on the touchdown. Um, listen, CD Lamb's still a dog. CD had 11 targets both weeks. We know what CD's going to do, but until there's a viable wide receiver two 
playing out, 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 out beside CD, it's going to be tough. I think week in week out with where he's going to be a solid production. And obviously, not having Dak Prescott there hurts a ton, but um, Noah Brown, especially if uh, the aforementioned Michael Gallup is out next week, he could be a viable flex play for a one week kind of stash guy. So take a look at him. Depends on how desperate you are, but Noah Brown definitely viable. All right, y'all ready to plug your noses? Sterling Shepard. Ah, uh, yes. New York Giants, Sterling Shepard. He's only rostered in 21% of leagues. Uh, I'm suggesting about 3% fab budget. Now, again, this is probably more of a PPR type play, but we did see it. He had 80, he was in 88% of snaps week one, 85% this week. Uh, he caught five targets both weeks. I uh, went five for five, 91 yards in the touchdown this week. Uh, Kadarius Tony is a ghost. I don't know what the hell's going on with Kadarius Tony. Um, and there's not really a lot of other options in that offense, right? We'd like, obviously, Saquon Barkley. He's going to be the dog. Uh, but listen, it, 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 until otherwise, Dylan Shepard is kind of the number one wide receiver in that offense. We saw last year. We saw images of it before he got injured. So dare I say Sterling Shepard, again, in PPR leagues, is is certainly a viable flex option. It's, it's sick. It's nasty. But it's reality, man. All right, going down the list, Nelson Aguilar, 3% rostered. So this is like Aguilar's pure upside, pure, pure upside. He did absolutely jack all in week one, but in week two, we went six for six for 110 yards and a touchdown. That's kind of how it's going to be with the Patriots. Just like the running back situation, it's going to be hard to predict the wide receiver situation. Um, in week one, Parker was kind of the main guy in the, in the red zone. This week, Parker had went 0 for 2. So he was a non factor now obviously this wasn't exactly a high scoring game up against the Steelers but Nelson Aguilar if you want if you're in a deeper league and you want to have him on your bench as you know look we're, we're still a few weeks away from the, from the bye weeks but he's a player that some injury some teams might have injuries and you might have to plug your nose and, and go for it um okay Ashton Doolin now I have Doolin on the list here um he's only on six percent of leagues and maybe he spent a buck to go with Ashton Doolin, but it's going to depend on the on the health of Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. So both players obviously missed last week, and and the Colts looked absolutely inept without without him getting smashed by the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. But listen, Paris Campbell, if it was ever going to happen, it was going to happen this week. He put up a zero burner, unacceptable. So for those of you who are like myself who were Paris Campbell truthers forever. I think it's officially time to drop the guy because, man, he's just clogging up a roster spot. I'm talking about all formats. I'm talking about dynasty. I'm talking about deep, devy, degenerate type leagues. Paris Campbell, you can drop him comfortably. I'm going to be doing that for probably a bag of peanuts. I'm, I would rather have an empty roster, roster spot on my team than roster Paris Campbell at this point. It's just, it's it's deplorable. It's disappointing, and it makes me sick, okay? Ashton Doolin, he did fine. He had a fine week last week, but if but if Pittman comes back, Pierce is going to be the wide receiver too in that offense. Doolin's going to have limited upside, but listen, he was an all-pro last year in special teams, so he's got talent. It's just, does he have true upside? Hard to say. Not telling you to spend a lot of money, maybe a buck. Another player, Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, another guy we talked about. He's only owned in 17% of leagues. Again, maybe throw a buck out for Zay Jones, but listen, he's getting the opportunities. In week one, he went eight, 83% snap share. He went six for nine for 65 yards. This week was a little bit softer. 
Um, he only had a 68% target share. He went three for four for 23 yards. You compare that to Marvin Jones, who had 90, 90% of snaps, which is absolutely nothing. Eventually, they're going to realize that Zay Jones is the de facto number two in this offense. Man, Christian Kirk, which, man, Christian Kirk looks good. And dare I say, dare I say Trevor Lawrence, man, could it be the man is finally starting to ascend and we're starting to see what we thought he was going to be? last year when the Jaguars drafted him one overall. So have faith, Jaguars fans. Duval County, have faith. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. Now, I only have two players here. First player I'm going to talk about is Carson Wentz, okay, of the Washington Commanders. He is owned in 54% of leagues, but even in single quarterback leagues, Carson Wentz is at this point now where he is legitimately QB1 especially if you had Trey Lance on your team and you're like, you're desperate now. Do you want to go up and pick up like a Matt Ryan or just, you know, one of these fringe type players that you just aren't really comfortable starting? Carson Wentz is available in 56% of leagues. I mean, there's a good chance he's probably available in your league. Now, quarter, uh, super flex, two quarterback type leagues. No, he, he's not going to be available. So too bad if you don't have him. But in single quarterback leagues, man, you have Russell Wilson. I'm putting him over Russell Wilson. I would consider starting him over players even like, you know, it, it's a decision between him and like a Matt Stafford and Derek Carr. Like, you know, those fringe types of guys that you were getting as like the QB 12, QB 13s, those are the types of players where so far, so much, like so far, Carson Wentz has shown that even though I think he was almost at like a zero point um, near the first, at the end of the first half, he came out and they had, we talked about it already last week. They have an explosive offense with extremely talented players. Curtis Samuel did it again this week, so it wasn't just a one-week fluke. We know that they want to get creative with their in their in their offense. Jahan Dotson's an absolute dog, and of course, catch TMC is just one of our favorite wide receivers in the league. So you pair that up with the fact that uh, Carson Wentz could be, you know, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type player. Feel comfortable starting him as you know, one of those fringy QB 10 to 12s. And it started with confidence. Um, in, in super flex leagues, I'm willing to bet 25% of my fab if he's available. Now, in one QB league, probably closer to 5%. You know, you want to just get him. But uh, people who had Trey Lance, they may be desperate for, for a solid, realistic uh, quarterback. So you might want to just get ahead of them. Um, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Pour one out for Trey Lance. now. This is a fantasy football show, so I don't want to go too sports talky on you, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that this is pretty much the absolute worst case scenario, not only for Jimmy Gar- or for um, for Trey Lance, but for the 49ers. What if what if Jimmy Garoppolo takes him to the playoffs again and they make it far in the playoffs? What if they go to the Super Bowl again with Jimmy Garoppolo? Like he's a free agent next year. Do we really think that? The Niners, who are going to continue to have a compete, like a, a win now type team next year, are just going to let Jimmy G walk out the building. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what the Niners do next year. Because um, Traylance is up for the season. And listen, it's an ankle injury, which means he's going to be limited probably till the offseason to where he can even run around and start to, to train again. So it's, it's going to be very, very interesting. But Jimmy Garoppolo, now he is likely going to be available in your Superflex leagues. He's only owned in 7% of leagues, which uh, these are all sleepers numbers, by the way. Um, so that would include some Superflex leagues. But I would be willing to bet, man, 
think of it this way, guys. Think of it this way. Like Jeff Wilson, whatever people were paying for Jeff Wilson, which he was going to be a fringe, fringe RB2, maybe a flex type play on a weekly basis because he just, you know, he, he's a decent player, but it's going to be a bit of a timeshare. We saw that. And he just doesn't have the same talent as, say, like an Elijah Mitchell, right? Um, but you're, you're banking on 80% production. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a solid QB 15 to 20 every single week because of the yak monsters that he has on his team. And that's valuable in Superflex League. So if you have a crappy QB3 on your team, say like uh say, say you're rocking like the 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 the, the Wilson, the Zach Wilson type players where you know you're hanging on to him, you're thinking he's gonna be back in a few weeks. Jimmy Grapple is a much safer player than Zach Wilson. Obviously, Zach Wilson would be, be more upside, but I would consider, I would think about it, depending on who your two starters are. I would consider dropping Zach Wilson for Jimmy G at this stage of the game. But, you know, that's the type of conversation you're going to have to be having with your teams internally. Um, but listen, if, if you, if you, you know, just, you're just a wild person and you only took two quarterbacks in your super flex leagues and Jimmy G's out there as a solid QB three, I'd go out and I'd spend 25, 30% of my fab to get a player like that. Cause listen, QBs are gold in super flex leagues. Let's move on to the tight end position. And really, guys, I only have two that I really want to highlight to you guys. Uh, actually, sorry, four. Four players I want to highlight to you for this week. And I'm going to start right at the top here with um, – let's talk about Ty Conklin. Ty Conklin of the New York Jets. He was a player we recommended last week. He was only rostered in 8% of leagues. I'm suggesting maybe a buck. But the thing about these, these tight ends, you know, he's not – he's going to be in that category where you, it's going to be touchdown or bust unless – playing in one of those 10 and premium leagues in which case he's going to be gold okay so week one 92 percent of snaps he had uh he went four for seven 14 yards got the touchdown saved his week with the touchdown week two uh 100 snap share he went six for nine for 40 yards so in just a regular ppr league that's that would be uh 10 points that's 13 points in your 10 and premium leagues that's valuable guys it's, it's not sexy but it is salvageable. So I would definitely go out there and bid a couple bucks on Ty Conklin if you don't have a valid uh, tight end that you're playing. Evan Ingram of the Jaguars. Listen, 15% rostered, and he, uh, I, I would be willing to bet up to upwards of 5% of my budget, okay? Um, dare I say... The Jaguars kind of look good, and and Evan Ingram was a player we were talking about all offseason. He was a guy that I was targeting in rounds 12, 13, 14 of my best ball leagues, especially if I totally punted the tight end position because, listen, it, it, he had the Jaguar stink on him. We talk about it all the time with, with these types of players, right? But he went there. We loved him as a prospect. He's still hyper-athletic. I mean, you look at him. He has a 90th, 90th percentile Spark X score. He has a 442 uh 40 yard dash, which is a hundredth percentile. He had a 97th percentile speed score. He's six, four, six, three, but he's only 234 pounds. So he's small for a tight end, but his job is to catch the ball. And Evan Ingram, dare I say, he might be a viable tight end in this league. Okay. Hayden Hurst of the Bengals, 27% rostered. Um, again, I've been about a buck. Um, the key thing here is that he, He's getting the targets. He got eight targets week one. He had seven targets week two. It's going to be touchdown dependent, but he's clearly involved in the game. I don't love it. 
But Hayden Hurst, the Bengals, so the Bengals look off right now. Okay, admittedly they look off right now, but we saw it last year with even CJ Uzoma, who's a non-factor for the Jets right now. They're gonna use their tight ends to a certain degree. So it's gonna one of those three for thirties, praying for the touchdown guys. But Hayden Hurst, a viable player if you if you want to stream now. My number one tight end target this week, back from the dead, the man who is in that conversation of one of those elite tight ends. He's got an 89th percentile 40-yard dash at 4.61. That's a 92nd percentile speed score. He's six foot six, 248 pounds. He came back. He missed all of last season with the ACL, ACL injury. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Logan Thomas of the Washington Commanders. He's only rostered in 20% of leagues. I would be willing to bet 7 to 10% of my fab because you know what? Logan Thomas could finish as a tight end one in the 2022 fantasy football season. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's your waiver wire targets for week three of the fantasy football season. Go check us out, dfsarmy.com. All of our content there. My God. All our members are doing is cashing those checks every single week. Just go to our Twitter account, at DFSArmy. Scroll down and look at all the winners. I'm telling you, just go check out the content. You will not be disappointed. So with that, I'm Flex Shane, and we are, of course, the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Good luck in week three.